You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, We guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is False Prophets. I'm Noemi Uribe. And in this episode, I'm looking at Hillsong and money with Nell Hardy, a journalist who's reported on Hillsong for several years. We talked about exploitation in the last episode, and exploitation takes a lot of different forms, including economic abuse. So we're checking out Hillsong's financial oversight, looking at potential misuse of church funds, and hearing about how pastors treated employees. You know, at the heart of the series is not balance sheets, it's human beings. People like me who were a part of Hillsong Church. The people talking to us in this series gave time, tithes, and trust to an organization that turns over millions of dollars. So it's right to ask, was that transaction fair? Was it transparent? Because in this story, you can't really separate the stuff about money from the spiritual stuff. Now to the big question. Yeah. How much would they pay you? Oh, okay. So every, so breaking it down every week, it was 150 flat rate, no matter how many hours I worked. So even if I did a 12 hour day or a six hour day, it was the same amount of pay. Meet Tiff, Tiffany Perez. We became friends through Hillsong. While I was a volunteer in Boston, Tiff was part of the Nanny Club, a group of young women looking after pastor's kids. It's not a club you join if you want to earn a living. But hey, you're helping to do God's work, right? Tiff worked with Josh Kimes, lead pastor in Boston, and his wife, Leona. I did all day Tuesdays and sometimes all day Wednesdays. So all day meaning about 12 hours. Like sometimes it was like 10 to 10. Or I'm doing like a 10 and staying over into Wednesday. Tiff had been a volunteer in New York moved to Boston, and became a nanny, which came with free accommodation with another pastor, Steve DeGrosa. Let's do the math. Okay, so it was 150 flat rate. Flat rate. That's, let's say, four weeks in a month. For the four weeks, is $600 mm-hmm. a month. A month. Okay. Yeah. Now we're going to divide it. I was part-time, so we can do 20. Okay, so 20 hours a week times four 
80 hours. So 600 divided by 80 hours. Yeah. You were making 750. Yeah. I was 30 at the time. Like I That's was like not livable. No, not at all. Especially in a city like Boston. Yeah. And yes, you were living with Steve, but that meant you had to commute into the city. Yes. And I'm assuming the commute was on you. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. And that that wasn't, that was nowhere touching what I did for Hilton Boston. And just to get technical here, because Tiff was paid as a nanny, even if her wages were really low, that made her an employee, not a volunteer. And that raises a whole bunch of questions. So did they pay you cash or yes. did they like do it? was a Venmo. So they wouldn't deduct tax or anything. Mm -mm. Okay. So it was just a Venmo. Yeah. Once a week. Yeah. 150. Yeah. If they remembered. Because sometimes I'd have to remind them. And what would you say when you had to remind them? Hey, didn't get paid. That's awkward. It is. Because <laughs> not only were they my employers, they were also my pastors. And, Th that and that's tension, like a whole other level. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Awkward too for Hillsong pastors because there are all sorts of laws about minimum wage, tax, and overtime. Remember Megan Fallon? She told us in the last episode about how volunteering became a way of life. She was a nanny too, and in her case for the pastors Kane and Carla Keating in New York. Megan was interviewed as part of the lawyer's investigation, and for her, this wasn't only about money. It's about how becoming a Hillsong nanny closed down her social and her spiritual life. When I started working for the pastors, I got cut off from everything, right? So it was like, well, your responsibility is taking care of our children now. You can go to a service if you have time, but you probably won't. You have to leave your connect group. You have to leave your connections team. I was super isolated. I was really lonely. I started getting super anxious and depressed. My only friend was their two-year-old son, <laughs> you know, but also... I don't know if you've all ever been like a nanny before, but it's hard because you grow super attached to this child. And at the end of the day, you have to leave. I was also living in New York. Well, I was living in Brooklyn, but super expensive. I was not getting paid really anything. So my dad was helping me out with my rent. And it came to a point where he was like, you know, I can't do this anymore. I had seen the pastors and not just the Keatings, but other pastors be like really rude and demeaning and mean to me, my friends, kind of like we were just like the help. Like I remember specifically one time I borrowed a vacuum from another family in the, we called it the compound in the apartment complex. And when they came home, I didn't empty out the like vacuum part and Carla like dumped it on the ground and was like, you need to throw this out next time and then like clean this up again. And so if things weren't done the right way, um, looking back on it, it was abuse really. These are supposed to be my pastors. But honestly, like I got paid more than some of my friends did. When we would talk and they were like, oh my gosh, you get that much? Like, wow, like $200 every two weeks or something. I don't know if that's the exact number, but something like that. And not even 40 hours a week, like more than that. And I got paid more than a lot of my friends did. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com 
That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. The lawyers heard nannies were routinely paid below the minimum wage. Tax wasn't deducted and overtime wasn't paid. And the lawyers warned Hillsong that could be a violation of labor laws. Lawyers do law, right? They're not in the business of faith or spiritual harm. But for me, this economic exploitation, again, exposes something rotten in the relationship between Hillsong and its followers. A lot was made of the fact that Hillsong, New York was a new campus. Everyone was working hard to start a new church and perhaps supervision and oversight went by the wayside for a while. You know, it was described as the Wild West. But let's get Ashley Easter's view on this. She's a cult survivor and an advocate for victims of abuse in churches. Ashley believes the fact that Hillsong New York was just starting out is not an excuse. And she flags up that Hillsong's affiliated to a charity called A21. Its mission is to fight human trafficking, forced labour, bonded labour and involuntary domestic servitude. When I looked at the economic exploitation, I could not help but see parallels between what was happening to the nannies and the volunteers, quote-unquote volunteers, and the things that A21, a ministry connected with Hillsong, is supposed to be against. So labor trafficking, human trafficking, is a huge problem across the globe. And A21 is supposed to be fighting those things. And so to find a lot of the patterns that we see in labor exploitation and trafficking present in the church was so ironic and unsettling 
because I feel like this isn't just an organization who, oops, accidentally did labor exploitation because they didn't understand the laws. No, this is an organization that knew or should have known because of the organizations that they support and claim to have leadership really dedicated to. So a lot of times when we think of modern-day slavery, we think of, you know, somebody's not getting paid anything at all. But actually, labor exploitation includes not being paid a living wage, not being given minimum wage, not being paid overtime, those types of things. A lot of times what happens is there will be a person who feels somehow indebted to the person they're laboring for, being paid not enough for them to really gain financial stability to leave. And when we look at Hillsong, we're seeing pastors saying things like, you don't have a college degree. You couldn't get a job outside of this. We have them in a position where they feel like they're working for really low amounts of money because I'm helping the ministry. I can't help but see the overlaps between the organizations they're supposed to support and then what they're actually doing in their own organizations. And while the nannies were being paid very little, Hillsong insiders were sharing stories with the investigators about how money was being spent on expensive gifts, entertaining celebrities, and the pastor's lifestyles. Since this is a virtual interview, I'm wearing the um, virtual interview uniform where I'm, I've got a collar on top and then gym shorts and no shoes on bottom, just like Jesus would do. My name is Ben Kirby, and I created this strange social media sensation called Preachers and Sneakers, where I show the high-priced items that megachurch pastors wear. We like a bit of backstory. So how did Ben get into pastors and their sneakers? So I was by myself, and I'd slept late on Sunday, and being in the South, it's very, like, you go to church on Sundays if you're involved in that world. And if you sleep through, there's some element of you that feels a little guilty. And so even though that's, like, not correct theology, that is, like, you're not a bad person for <laughs> sleeping through church, but there is some kind of embedded little amount of guilt that from your upbringing, I guess— and that wasn't even instilled upon me. It was just like by being in this Southern church world, by proximity, there's this kind of inherent guilt if you skip church. But that's a different conversation. But I slept through church and I wanted to have some type of church experience, I guess, to check the box. And so that week I had this certain worship song stuck in my head and I happened to just look it up on YouTube because I was going to watch some video and that was it. And I noticed a worship leader, like you know, the guy leading the band, lead singer was wearing a pair of Kanye's collaboration with Adidas. He was wearing a pair of Yeezys. And so very quickly, I was like, oh, those are worth 800 bucks. And that like stuck out to me. And I didn't care that much about reforming modern preaching or how we present Christianity or whatever, but I felt compelled, like like a lot of people do, to just share it on Instagram with all my millennial friends that are doing the same, not thinking that anything was going to happen, having no plan or any kind of strategy or anything. And I just made a video basically saying like, hey, how much are these guys getting paid where you can wear a pair of $850 shoes? Like it, it wasn't informed. It was probably a little unfair where it's just like, okay, I've watched a three minute video and now I'm developing these hot takes about this guy's footwear. Ben, my friend, you did the world a service. 
this quickly turned into an account devoted to preachers wearing super expensive designer clothes. Trust me, Hillsong fashionistas had nothing on some of the other pastors. But they did get noticed. And so it was pretty easy at first to find plenty of examples of preachers wearing the Nike Air Fear of Gods or wearing Yves Saint Laurent or YSL boots all the way to Gucci sneakers and loafers and incredibly expensive jackets. I mean, there was a whole host of things that, you know, Hillsong wasn't the only ones, but they were definitely presenting some of that same aesthetic. And so I threw a few posts up there and Hillsong is one of the more recognizable names in modern church. And so that would always get a good amount of engagement. And at the same time, the diehard fans of Hillsong were quick to come to their, I guess, defense. And I can't say I've had many pleasant interactions with people involved with that church. I'm not a brands person, so I couldn't tell how much their wardrobes were worth. But other people could, like other people do know brands and could recognize like, oh, oh, okay. Janice Legata. Remember, she was a part of Hillsong New York from the start. And that's where the whole Celebrity Church vibe played out, with Justin Bieber hanging out with Carl Lenz and other famous names dropping by. And the pastor seemed to channel that vibe too, riding around in black SUVs with their own drivers, wearing fancy clothes, and enjoying all the trappings of a glamorous life. And then when they would get called up on things, you're like, oh, this, this is an expensive watch or, you know, these shoes or whatever. Then, you know, they'd say things like, oh, these were a gift. Or just turn it back around. Well, why do you think pastors should be poor? And this is me wanting things that I haven't earned. And I just need to work harder and do more good things so that I can be more blessed. And we are ill-equipped to critically think about things and critically argue. And even if you could, the power dynamics are so out of control, you wouldn't. If you wanted to know how rich Hillsong East Coast was, you could look at its annual report. The last one made public was for 2019. It gives basic facts like how much revenue was generated, how much the church spent on staging its services, and how much it spent on staff. But it's not very detailed, and churches aren't legally required to provide much information. And how many of us scrutinize our church's balance sheets anyway? I knew Hillsong had a lot of money. My understanding for the first five years at least was like, oh, all of this money is coming from the big church. Like it's coming from Australia. We are being supported by them. We are financially struggling. No one said those exact words, but yeah, the way they would phrase things, the way they would word things. You know, I've talked to other friends and I'm like, what did you think the financial status of Hillsong, New York was? And we all just had this idea that it was a struggling campus, right? And they would say things like, oh, only eight to 10% of the people who attending are tithing regularly. And so you just had this idea that, okay, I'm tithing, but I'm one of the few. And so I have to keep doing my part because most people just aren't pulling their weight. You know, that's another thing I think about churches Now, why can't people know how much the rent is on this building? How much we're paying for whatever? And as a community, make these decisions about, is it worth it? Like many churches, you are expected to give 10% of your income in tithes. But as Janice said, a lot of people don't. 
including me. I never gave Hillsong one penny. One thing at least I'm happy about. But plenty of people do pay tithes, and Hillsong has strategies to encourage some people to give a lot of their money. I was given a document by someone who used to be fairly high up in Hillsong, shall we say, and it was about the position of a development pastor. But as it was explained to me, it was really about targeting high net worth individuals at the church. So the document is written in that kind of very bland HR language that makes it seem like it's all very above board. But the person who was involved in this said that they were told very explicitly that it was really about finding out who the rich people were in the congregation and working out how they could get money out of them. You see terms like providing opportunities for the outworking of a person's gift of generosity. This just meant finding out who's got money and how much you can get out of them. It was about finding out what they're interested in. So maybe they had a vision for giving some sort of hearing bus in India and then they'll name it the El Hardy hearing bus in India, <laughs> you know, as part of the cell. Was this actually about developing a hearing bus in India or was this about growing the Hillsong brand? Yeah, and you know, there's this thing about blessings and whether by giving more, you're getting more spiritually. And it wasn't just rich people who gave more and more. Here's Alodara Dio, who we met early in the series. I had to realize I had weird views about my tithing, about the way I gave my money. I really believed I had to give my money to Hillsong. And when I decided I was going to leave the church, I was just like, oh my God, what am I going to do with all this tithing money? I have to get my money. Oh my God, I don't want to lose any blessings, da, 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 da. And I had to unpack that. And, you know, obviously I'm definitely not in that place anymore of the way I view tithing. And I don't view tithing as just giving money. I view it as giving time to something that you feel like is benefiting God and the world. But at the time, at the end of 2020, I was definitely like, I don't know what I'm going to do with all this money. And that's something that they instilled in me. I remember when I joined Hillsong Foundation, which is another part of the church where you give more than your 10%. I talked to someone and she was like, well, if you just want God to bless you more, blah, 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 then you need to give more. And I was just like, yeah, you know, I guess that's a great way to look at it. Obviously, I want more blessings. A year and a half later, I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> Tithes are important to Hillsong, but they're only a part of an empire that's turning over millions. The big earners are music sales. Then there's plenty of merch and conferences. If it's so successful, what does that look like in terms of money? What are the numbers? That's the billion dollar question and one to which I wish I knew the answer. So Hillsong say that they're transparent, they have financial returns that are audited by Ernst & Young, one of the biggest accounting firms in the world, that they will put on their website every year. But it doesn't go into any detail, it just tells you the headline numbers. So revenue, assets, what they're spending on things like salaries, but not how much is going to who, which is what I'd love to know. It's a very handy way of saying that you're transparent while being very opaque. But I mean, we do know, for example, so the East Coast in 2019, probably the height, um, the highest point it, it ever got, they were spending about 12 million in operations each year, had about 6 million in assets. 
The Australian operations the same year, we're talking about, in US dollars, about 60 million in annual revenue, and then millions in surplus. I think a lot of the music arms and other churches paying back had to come through the Australian operations, which is why they've got a lot of money there. But you know, when you're totaling up churches on every continent, bringing in substantial, probably millions each per year, I don't think it would be difficult to argue from that that in the real peak Hillsong years, which I would say is 2010 to 2020, that we're talking in billions of dollars, in in US dollars. We're cycling through the Hillsong brand globally, which I think is a tremendous amount of money. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant... Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. I knew they had a lot of money. I didn't know to what extent. And I always wanted to know more. And I did learn a little bit about what Josh Kimes made, it was around, I believe, 40000 which is not that much. But it was just for him to spend because his housing was paid for and with all utilities. Transportation was always paid for. So really, his $40,000 was just for him to spend. It's funny because the first thing that I can think of was the, and I'm sorry for the Christianese out there, but there's this Bible verse that talks about money being the root of all evil. And if they're so interested and focused on money, 
it says a lot about their culture and where they're at right now. Yeah, one of the other things which I really want to know in terms of the money that it wasn't so much just a straight up salary. I mean, I remember Brian Houston used to publish his way, way back in the day, you know, like 15 years ago or something. And it was a few hundred thousand, but eventually he wound up not just a, a few hundred thousand. Yeah, just a few <laughs> hundred thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 15 years ago as well. Um, oh my God. But, you know, comparatively saying, hey, I'm not one of these preachers with a private jet and, and sort of trying to, to play it that way. Well, um, because but, he didn't he- want to buy one because <laughs> he could afford it for sure. Yeah, but he went on to say, I think that he wasn't taking a salary, you know, a bit like a bit like President Trump. And it's sort of like, but your brand recognition, for want of a better term, is so big now. Um, but what so many of the pastors and, and people that were able to climb the Hillsong ladder got, it wasn't just in your pay packet. It was, you know, for example, if you'd been a producer on any Hillsong songs or, or records, you're getting a cut of the royalties. But it's books, it's speaking to us. And when Hillsong was really at its peak, I mean, someone like Carl Lentz going to conventions in the States, he would have commanded tens of thousands per appearance. And and I mean, that's how Brian was making his money was in book sales and music royalties and appearances, and then building themselves up and building their own celebrity so that they could just make untold riches. And then you can say, I'm not taking this out of the collection plate. You know, people are willingly paying me. They look in some ways more ethical than other churches through this very kind of bizarre business model. So it's fascinating to see how they even use their same brand and the church for their own marketing and their own business. Yeah, well, I mean, you would have seen the merchandise stands and things like that at the conference. I would set them up. Well, not at conference, (laughs) but at church. Yeah, every Sunday there was a merch table. I mean, it was so baked into the business model. You know, we were talking about, you know, if Josh is only getting 40 grand a year, but, you know, he's getting his kids nannied for free. and, Mm -hmm. And there was this weird kind of trying to think of the right word because I'm not sure if it's obsession but just this drive to constantly use the free labor volunteer pool it was just finding new and bizarre ways to put these people to work it was just a really bizarre culture that came in and I mean I don't need to tell you about it but just that constantly that everything they did you know and and just feeding this constant growth had to be done by free volunteer labor My name is Barry Bowen. I'm an investigator of religious financial fraud. I work for Trinity Foundation, a watchdog organization based in Dallas, Texas. I grew up in South Louisiana, and my dad was a minister. And in the 1980s, there was a big scandal involving a televangelist pastor about 90 minutes drive from where I lived, a guy named Jimmy Swaggart. And then around 2003 or four. I was flipping through a TV channels one day, and I came across a televangelist in fundraising mode. Um, It was a guy named Mike Murdoch, and he said on TV, sow a seat on your credit card, and God will erase your credit card debt. Basically, he's telling donors, give a donation with a credit card, and God's going to wipe out your credit card debt. And when I heard him say that, I was like, you're lying to people. That's fraud, and I'm going to take you down. We asked Barry Bowen to look at the allegations that surfaced in the lawyer's investigation at Hillsong, New York. Here's his opinion on how transparent Hillsong finances are. So they created a newsroom to deal with some of the media issues. And so their newsroom on their website, they have an article, and I just wanted to read this to you. 
In the past few months, we have received questions from several journalists about the purported misuse of church funds by Hillsong Church employees. In many cases, inaccurate accounts from extremely unreliable sources have been reported as if they are true. Hillsong Church has a record of excellence in fiscal accountability globally and an unwavering commitment to financial integrity with numerous structures and auditing procedures in place to protect against misuse. Talk about spin. There's a difference between good policies and good systems. Hillsong's policies are good, but are they followed is the question. Sometimes the only way to know that they're not being followed is if whistleblowers surface. And in the case of Hillsong, New York, what we do have is the lawyer's report, which flagged up areas of concern involving pastors and church funds. That report reveals a totally different picture from what the Hillsong newsroom is reporting, that there were definitely red flags. There were misuse of PEX cards. These are rechargeable, like debit cards. Money can be put on them and spent by an employee of the church. And according to insiders, these were used to pay for gifts, for clothing, for food. And according to some of the insiders, these expenses were not reimbursed. Basically, in a normal church setting, when an employee uses church funds for personal expenses, they're required to reimburse it. And the employee must provide receipts to the church finance office. If they're not providing receipts, how do you know if it's a personal expense or church expense? And this was the big problem. One of the insiders at Hillsong revealed that the receipts, in some cases, didn't exist. It is very careless. It borders on criminal. And the reason I can say that is when you make these kind of personal spends on a church card and you don't reimburse the church, then you're profiting off the church. This should be considered income. It's taxable income if it's not reported or not reimbursed. And there were other areas too, what's called self-dealing. Barry explains. Self-dealing occurs when you have a person that owns a for-profit company and also runs a nonprofit organization and they do business with each other. This is not illegal in the United States unless you excessively profit off the nonprofit organization. So we see this often among televangelists. They will own their own publishing company and they'll publish their books, their DVDs, and sell them to their church or ministry. And now if they're selling their book at full retail price to their church or ministry, that's taking advantage of the nonprofit. It should be discounted. It should be wholesale price. One of the problems in these type of business relationships is a pastor can set up a company and charge a consulting fee to his church or ministry. A pastor can own the copyright of his sermons and then license them to his church. In fact, Carl Lentz, his dad is an attorney, Stephen Lentz. Stephen Lentz wrote a book, The Business of Church, and he advised pastors on how to license intellectual property rights to their church. There's all kinds of ways to make money off of churches. This is just one example. In the case of Hillsong, one of the pastors and his wife, Kenan Carla Keating at Hillsong, New York City, 
they operated a coffee shop. And Hillsong had a Bible study group meet there. And it was alleged that these PEX cards were used in the course of their coffee shop business. So that would be a clear conflict of interest. Kane and Carla Keating told the lawyers their coffee shop was used for the church meetings. And Kane believed he would have used a church card there. But Carla said she was unaware of a church card that was used, unless it was for church catering. So these details matter. What about the bigger picture? How was Hillsong East Coast spending the money it raised? How much was spent on its primary purpose, which is to reach and influence the world by building a large, Christ-centered, Bible-based church? Here's Barry Bowen again. Analyzing one of these reports, I was able to determine that approximately 75% of the funds were spent on reported purpose of Hillsong. And this is really important to understand. There's Charity Navigator that advised donors to look for organizations that at least 75% of all funds are spent on the purpose of the organization. If you're spending more than 25% on fundraising, you're not spending 75% on your purpose. If the reporting is accurate, then Hillsong is a good steward of the money that's given. However, I have questions that I wonder if their documents are actually accurate, if they're a proper representation of how money is actually spent. For example, these PEX card abuses, are those properly reported? I doubt they were. And this is the information that I would like to know about Hillsong. How much is your chief financial officer paid? How much are your head pastors paid? That kind of information is critical for concerned donors. One of the things that we're interested in is excessive compensation. We do not want nonprofit leaders getting rich off of their tax-exempt status. In the next episode, Elle heads to Australia. This is where the Hillsong Empire started and where founder Brian Houston has been living a life fit for a preacher king. And it's where a bomb is about to go off under Hillsong finances as a whistleblower takes the church to court. This is the closest that we've gotten yet to looking at Hillsong's books. And this is just dynamite. The one thing that anyone that's looked into Hillsong over the last 10, 20 years has been trying to find out is how much money is there and where's it going. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? 
Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.